place for everyone as we welcome, grow, serve, and celebrate together. And it is a joy to have you worshiping with us on this, our first Sunday in Advent. Um, our ushers are going to again pass out our registration and attendance pads. So we'll pass those down the pews. I hope you will fill those out. Let us know that you were here. If you're a visitor, we would love to know you are worshiping alongside us um, so that we can greet you and give you um, any information that uh, you may request about Parkway Hills. Today's service is going to be a little different. Um, I'm going to say more about that later, but we've got some families and friends participating in aiding us in putting the chrismons on the tree. And then after worship, we're going to ask all who are able um, and, and willing to hang out for a little bit and help us finish getting everything, the space ready for our Advent Christmas season. There'll be some more chrismons to decorate the tree. I'm sure you saw the wreaths as you walked in. They are labeled, but there are wreaths that need to be put up in this building, in the education building, on those exterior doors. And then we need a couple of very um, willing people to go get the ladder and bring it in here so that we can put the, the decorations above our windows and get those down. So after worship, if you can aid with that, we would really appreciate it. There's another thing happening after worship. So we're in the midst of planning all of our Christmas parties for our kids, and we are having a Christmas glow party in this space for our kids fourth grade and under on December 19th. So Molly is going to have a very brief meeting with any parents of children fourth grade and under, or anyone who'd like to help um, after worship. So you can see Molly just to kind of go over what she and I have talked about and see what we may be missing um, and get some more people to help with that. So see Molly at the end of worship if you want to help with the, the kids' Christmas glow product party on the 19th. Okay, i got to find the rest of my announcements. Um, you will be getting a letter soon just kind of outlining all of our holiday activities that, um, as well as kind of an update of where we are financially as the end of year approaches. So I hope you read through that, read through all that we'll be offering this Advent Christmas season, um, and then pray over how um, you may feel led to kind of step up for that extra giving as the year end approaches so that we can finish strong and move into a new year in a healthy place. There are some upcoming meetings, our leadership team and SPRC meeting on the same day. Leadership team, you'll notice since SPRC is meeting, we've moved that time up to 4.30, um, and then SPRC is meeting at 5.45 in the Garden Multipurpose Room. Youth have got some great upcoming stuff, a winter retreat and a lock-in, but we cannot offer youth events without the help of our adults. So see Jeff, look at that sign-up genius he's put out there for chaperones and for people to aid with that. Um, and if you feel so led, please help us with that. Mandy, let me see your book real quick. I don't know where mine is. If you purchase the Shadow and Light devotion that we'll be using throughout the Advent Christmas season to kind of guide and aid our worship, you'll start your readings today. And last week, as I was preparing for this worship service, I came across a website that the author has put together. So if you have the book, or I guess if you, if you don't have the book, there is a Shadow and Light website. It was in the newsletter. It didn't get in the bulletin, but that you can use that has the reflections, some of the artwork she uses for the reflections. There's links to that. And there's also a Spotify Advent playlist you can listen to. So she's got all the songs um, that she has listed in this, you can link to that Spotify playlist. So check that out, and it will aid you as you kind of journey through the Advent season. As always, I hope you take time to read through our bulletin, see all that is going on within the life of our church, and how you may be involved. I'll remind you of our most recent COVID safety update. 
Um, because of where we are case-wise and vaccination-wise, we have decided that masks can be optional, but if you are more comfortable wearing a mask, you are more than welcome to do so. But we have made that move to masks being optional, and we will all pray really, really hard <laughs> that this will be the last time we have to make a shift. So, so I know I hold that prayer, and I hope you hold it with me as well. But now, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God this day.
The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. I invite you to join me in our opening prayer found in our bulletin. Let us pray these words together. Holy One, you have promised us that the day of salvation is near. Keep us faithful in love and watchful in prayer so that we may stand with confidence and joy at the coming of Christ, our Redeemer and Lord. Amen. Hymn, the hymn of praise, printed in your bulletin. I ask you to stand as we sing, God Almighty, we're waiting. Again, it's printed in your bulletin. Please stand.
as we light the Advent candle. Um, our readings will come from the book we are using, Shadow and Light, A Journey into Advent. So here now, the one for week one on Sunday. Advent means arrival, and it speaks of a beginning, the beginning. Not only is the start of Advent the first day of the liturgical calendar and thus a New Year's Day for Christians, but it also assumes the arrival of something or someone. Advent is more than counting down the days until Christmas with paper cut outdoors revealing chocolate biting time until most children's favorite day of the year finally dawns. Like someone anticipating the arrival of a dinner guest, we are invited into the rhythm of Advent to prepare. We do more than impatiently drum our fingers on the table until we're allowed to open gifts under the tree. We prepare ourselves. Similar to our culture's view of the first day of January as an invitation to reinvent ourselves, Advent comes, gives us the chance to transform our lives, but in small, much more significant ways than a new workout regimen or a less cluttered closet. We are offered the chance to pause the push of holiday merriment and slow, slowly inch away from the shadows. This is a small but significant cultural resistance we can practice in our homes, minds, emotions, and relationships. Today marks the arrival of Advent. And soon enough, we'll mark the arrival of the Christ child. For now, we revel in this invitation. First, we prepare inwardly. As we light the first candle for this Advent season, I invite you to ask yourself, what is your honest hope for this Advent season? I ask you to join me in our responsive reading found in your bulletin taken from Psalms 147, verses 1 through 5 and 8 and 9. Your response is in the bold. How good it is to sing praises to our God, for God is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The, the Lord, Lord gathers the outcasts of Israel. The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The Lord determines the number of stars and gives, them, and gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord, and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow on the hills. The Lord gives to the animals their food and to the young ravens when they cry. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Some days we forget to look around us. Some days we can't see the joy that surrounds us. So caught up inside ourselves, we take when we should give. So for tonight we pray for what we know can be and on this day we hope for what we still can't see it's up to us to be the change and even though we all can still do more there's so much to be thankful for look beyond ourselves there's so much sorrow it's way too late to say I'll cry tomorrow each of us must find our truth it's so long overdue so for tonight we pray for what we know can be and every day we hope for what we still can't see it's up to us to be the change and even though we all can still do more there's so much to be thankful for even with our differences there is a place we're all connected each of us can find each other's light. So for tonight we pray for what we know can be and on this day we hope for what we still can't see it's up to us to be the change 
And even though this world needs so much more There's so much to be thankful to invite our children forward for our children's moment. Yeah, we got some peanut butter. We gotta fill it back up. We took a bunch recently. We got a lot of peanut butter. Come on, Ellen, get in there. There you go, Abigail, stick it in there. Thank you, guys. That's great. Oh, one more. Getting our basket full. You need a seat? Oh, got one. Come on, Clara. Well, good morning. How are y'all? Okay, so I have a question for you. As we think about um, getting ready for Christmas Day, what is your favorite part of like the Christmas season and all that we do? Presents? I knew that was coming. Spend, that's what Jesus, yes, Jesus would. Spend time, time with our family. Yes, sir. Opening presents. You have time to play with your stuffed animals? Yes. Oh, so yeah, watching other people open their presents. Yeah, play, you like playing with it after you open your presents. Decorating the tree, okay. What you got? Having a snowball, where do you live? Playing, having a snowball fight? Jackson, thank you. Have a good time opening presents. Yes, what you got? Put up the Christmas tree. What's your favorite part? Decorating. Opening presents. You already got one. Spending time with your family. Did we get them all? Yeah, so yeah, I, I like all of those things too. And I like, I like putting this stuff up. Well, you notice the church has started putting a few things up, right? Well, I want to share one of my favorite memories from when I was little and the church I grew up in. We used to have a service called the Hanging of the Greens where you would come in and you'd put the stuff up in the church. And part of that was decorating our tree. You see our tree over there? But we don't put regular ornaments on the tree. Like y'all probably have, a, I mean, we could probably spend all day talking about the different ornaments you have. I actually have a Death Star that is on the top of my Christmas tree. If you don't know what that is, ask your parents. Um, but we put what we call chrismons on the tree. And at my home church, at the end of the service, families could come up and they could all place an ornament on the tree. And one of my favorite memories when I was real little, my dad would lift me up really, really high so that I could put a chrismon high, high up in the tree. And it just made me feel really special because I was like really high up, high up than everybody up. My dad was a very tall man. I was really high up. Yeah, I could put it way high up on the tree. So that's one of my favorite memories. Yeah. He wasn't on a ladder. He just lifted me up high. 
We have the pickle ornament too, but we don't. We did that one year, and then I got tired of doing that. Yeah, I lose my patience for a lot of Christmas traditions. Anyway, so today in the service, this is important, parents. It says extended session in there, but we are not having extended session because we're going to learn, and some of you all are going to help us learn about the different ornaments that we put on the tree. And then some of you, um, your families know if you're doing this, are going to help put the ornaments on the tree. And at the end of the service, if you want, you can grab it on the table and place one. So we're going to do that today to help us, oh, I'm sorry, help us get all ready for Christmas, for the Christmas season um, in our church, okay? So let's fold our hands. So no extended session. Just go back to your seat. Let's fold our hands. And you can say a prayer with me. Dear God, we thank you for this season where we prepare to welcome Jesus Christ. And remember that he is the greatest Christmas gift. Amen. All right, so you can go back to your seats, and later we're going to learn about the Christmas. There's a lot of different things happening later, and it's all jumbled up in my head, and I'm trying to keep it all straight. Um, so one thing I love about this Shadow and Light book, if you have read the introduction, if you got it and have read through the introduction, is that the author is very honest about growing up in the church, hearing this word Advent thrown around, and then even kind of becoming an adult and not being real sure um, what it was about. She knew that candles were lit. You know, she knew that there were different ornaments that the church put on the tree. She knew different families would come up and read scripture and light a candle. But really trying to figure out what this season was about um, besides the cultural expectations that we have of buying presents and parties and Christmas lights. Um, so I love her little introduction. So I thought this Sunday, um, let's just talk a little bit about that, of what Advent is, what the liturgical year is, and then have different families kind of share with us um, the chrismons that we place on our tree. So some of this may be overkill, and you'll be like, oh, yes, I already know that, what that is. But Advent is a season within the liturgical calendar for the church. It's actually the beginning of a new year. So today is New Year's Day for us in the Christian church. Um, we, we get to begin again. I kind of like the idea of having multiple days to so just start fresh, start over, begin a new season and a new time. And the liturgical Christian year really has two big emphases. That I, if I, you could guess, and I know you would get them. One, the Christmas cycle, Advent through Epiphany, where we are asked to reflect upon the incarnation. What does it mean that God was birthed into the world? That Emmanuel, God with us, is and was here. So we have that cycle. The other one is the Easter cycle, Lent through Easter, where we are called to stand in awe of the resurrection and remember what it is that God has done in and through the resurrection of Christ. So those are the two big events. We know that. Outside of that is what we call ordinary time or kingdom time, where we are called to reflect on who we are as church, 
How do we be the disciples? What does it mean for us to go forth into the world? And the whole point of this Christian year is it allows us to go through these seasons and help us trace the mystery of salvation, as one theologian put it. It helps us think about salvation history and what it is God has done in the world. So Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, which means coming. We await the coming of the Christ child. We remember what God has already done in Christ, um, and we recognize that there is still work to be done as we wait for Christ to come again to mend all that has been broken. There's a line on that website for the book um, that if you go to it and find it, to me, it just, it words it perfectly. It says, Advent is our invitation to rest in the already not yet. Some of you may have heard that before. The already not yet. The anticipation of the God incarnate. We anticipate that God will one day right all the wrongs of the world. He already came 2,000 years ago as a fragile baby. Already? But not yet. We live in the middle where we're invited to wait in hope. You may have heard me say before that Advent begins in the dark. We kind of begin naming the longing, reaching back to when the people of God were longing for a Messiah to come and redeem. But we name it again. We begin in the dark. We name the longing. What does it mean to wait on God? And each week, we light a candle. So they are all finally lit Christmas Eve when we come and light the Christ candle. So a little more light, we kind of step a little closer and a closer with a little more close each week with a little more light till we can celebrate the light of the world, a light burst into the world that darkness cannot overcome. There are churches that use purple candles, churches that use blue candles. There's been a bigger transition to the blue in the past, and you've heard me say this in the past couple years, because we're, we're trying to get away from like the kind of penitential nature of Lent and let blue be the color of hope. The best way I ever heard it explained was that blue is the color of the sky right before a new day begins. So again, reminding us of new beginnings, fresh starts, God doing a new thing. So we have blue candles, the color of hope. But the candles are not all we do. We also have what we call chrismons that we put on our tree, and it is this contraction of Christ and monogram. They are ornaments that help us remember who Christ is and what it is that Christ has done for us. So there's going to be some different people coming up um, to show you some of the chrismons we place on our tree and to tell you what they mean and then place those on the tree. And at the end, um, if you feel so led, you can grab one and place it on the tree yourself. But I'm going to invite the Nichols, the Goodwins, the Roberts, and the Joneses to go ahead and come up and find a place in the choir loft because they are doing our first set of ornaments.
Gospel of Matthew gives us an account of the naming of Jesus. An angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. for The child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Our first chrismon contains iota, eta, sigma, the first three letters of Jesus in Greek, and reminds us of the story where Jesus is not just given a name, but is proclaimed as Redeemer, one who will take away transgression. The Tau Cross reaches back into the story of the Hebrew people. Long before the birth of Jesus, God delivered God's people from the oppressive rule of Pharaoh. God's people were instructed to mark their door frames with blood from the sacrificial lamb. The mark made above each door looked like the letter Tau or a bit like our own uppercase T. This Passover moment marked the old covenant that anticipated Christ's new covenant with a, with a new sacrificial lamb, God's own self, incarnate in Jesus. The Tau cross, often called an anticipatory cross, is a symbol of Advent. When the child is not yet born, the prophecies are not yet fulfilled. In the Gospel of Luke, an angel appears to a young woman named Mary, saying, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. In Jesus, the kingdom of God broke into the world, a kingdom defined by the sacrificial servanthood of Jesus Christ. The cross, placed within a circle, called the cross in eternity, reminds us of the sacrifice of Jesus a sacrifice that transformed the world forever. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
In the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus meets an unnamed Samaritan woman at a well. He requests a drink of water from the well, which surprises the woman. She is surprised that a Jewish man is speaking to her, a woman and a Samaritan woman at that. So she asks, how is it that you ask a drink of me? The conversation continues as, and they delve into the world of faith. The Samaritan woman says, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus says to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Chi and Rho are the first letters of Christ in the Greek alphabet. We hang the Cairo chrismon on the tree as a reminder that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah come to redeem and restore. We will respond by singing two verses of Hell to the Lord's Anointed. And while we do sing that, I invite the Thrash family, um, the Cates, the Kirks, the Flowers, Edie and Amber, and the Norris family to come up to the choir loft. <laughs> symbols that come from creation itself. Wheat and grapes remind us of the body and blood of, of Jesus given for us. A butterfly helps us with the mystery of, and beauty of the resurrection. A fish takes us to the story of Jesus calling the first disciples to follow and become fishers of people. It is one of the most ancient symbols of Jesus and the disciples. In the Gospel of Matthew, a star, something ordinary and yet mysterious and marvelous, is used to guide wise men from the east to Jesus.
In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising, and have come to worship him. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. While scripture and the prophets told of the Messiah who would set the captives free, it was a star in the sky that heralded his birth. A star, something ordinary and yet mysterious and marvelous. A star, something all could see together. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. John 1, 32-34. A dove represents the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can convict us, it can comfort us, it often advocates for us. The Holy Spirit abides with us still. Um, that remind, remind us and point to um, Jesus. I invite you to join with me in our affirmation of faith found in your bulletin. You may remain seated. I believe every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. I believe the uneven ground shall become level and the rough places as a plain. I believe the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. I believe Jesus Christ incarnate among us shows us God's love. I believe the Holy Spirit abides with us still. May we, the church, be found faithful. The Traqueta is a symbol of the Trinity. The three circles represent the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. While the continuous interwoven line represents unity, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you.
cross over the world. The cross over the world reminds us of two things. Jesus, God with us, birthed into the world to save it, and our call to join the mission and ministry of Jesus to follow the sacrificial servanthood way of the cross. The cross, once a symbol of shame, now reminds us that Christ conquers death through his crucifixion and resurrection. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Mark 8:34. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. And indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We place the circle on the tree symbolizing eternity and reminding us of God, the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. The cross crosslet symbolizes the spread of the good news throughout the world, to the north, south, east, and west. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Matthew 28, 20. join with us in our response as we sing Emmanuel, Emmanuel.
when David was sending me, um, he's worried now I said his name, was sending me uh, the songs for well, the upcoming Sundays, and he first sent me Thankful. I stopped for a minute, and I was like, oh, that would have been better like for Thanksgiving, not for the first Sunday of Advent. So I went and pulled up and read the words, and there's that one line that you see uh, in your hymnal. So for tonight, we pray what we know can be, and on this day, we hope for what we still can't see. And I texted David that line. I said, oh, I mean, that is Advent. I said, you knew what you were doing, didn't you? And he said, sure, yeah. <laughs> but that is Advent. Um, we sit in the longing. Um, I want to read just this, this last piece um, from this first week as we move into our Advent season. It says, God redeems darkness. God wants to infiltrate the shadows the hardest life has to offer and bring light beyond our comprehension. We begin Advent aware of the shadows in our world, big and small. Yet over the weeks, we slowly move toward the light of the world. The candles we light every evening remind us of the impending arrival of our good gift from God, given to all of us more than 2,000 years ago. Those candles also remind us of the hope yet to come, when Christ returns to fully redeem the world. So we wait in expectation for the full, radiant, overwhelming light to one day wipe out all darkness forever. This is the hope of Advent. So we pray for what we know can be, and we hope for what we still can't see. Let us pray. God, we do come to you this first Sunday of Advent, all too aware of the longing, of the brokenness, of the need. We give thanks for a season every year that aids us in moving through the longing and hope and reminding us that you are a God of mercy who continually calls us to goodness and leads us on the right paths. You encourage us with signs of your coming. You urge us to keep watch that we might greet you with heads raised high when you come to restore all creation. Watching and waiting, we pray for this world that needs your saving power. For nations at war, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who suffer from violence in the streets or in their homes, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who live in worry or fear, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those who have forgotten the ways of righteousness, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those who have never heard of your rescuing love, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all those who have lost hope 
or never had it at all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, too, for your church in the world, that we may increase in passion for you and for your children, that we may work in confidence for your coming reign. Now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, make us ever more faithful that we may greet you in confidence and joy on that great day. Through Christ, in whose name we pray, and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our closing hymn is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And you may notice the offering plates up here. The staff and I have talked, and there are so many of you giving online or through our app, and we appreciate that, um, that we've tried to rethink, do we need to pass the plate, offer the plate? So we're going to try this for a season. The plates are here. The basket is in the back. During the closing hymn, if you have gifts to give toward the mission and ministry of Parkway Hills United Methodist Church, you're invited to come forward and go to the basket at the back and place them. Or you can pull your phone out, go to the app, and you can give through our app or online. But now, I invite you to stand as we sing together, Come Thou Found, I mean, not that song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, hymn 196.
reminder, if you um, have a moment and are willing to help, we need some help finishing decorating the tree. The chrysmons are over there. There are some wreaths around the back. They're labeled. Some go in here. Some go in the education building. And you place the hangers around. Okay. Okay, the hangers with them. Um, and then if you can help get um, the window decorations from upstairs and get the ladder, we've got to get that done too. So come see me and I can show you where those stuff is. And don't forget that Molly Kirk is meeting briefly with parents who are interested in aiding with the Christmas glow party on the 19th that will be in this space. Um, I think that's it. So receive now your benediction. Let us go forth as a people um, ready for the Advent season ready to sit in the presence of God and remember the gift that we await. Let us go forth to love and serve our Lord. Amen.